2: Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal doing all right. Hope you are as well. We'll get into it with Mitch Sherman. Mitch from The Athletic. He'll join us at 425. Get his take on his latest column, uh, the Nebraska brand power. TV numbers, TV on our mind with reports about the CBS and NBC networks joining with Fox to get all of the Big Ten, and we'll discuss that uh, ESPN, well, million dollar or billion dollar question uh, when it comes to potentially walking away from that network that is all in on college football. So we'll go there. Rick Kaczynski, Nebraska's former defensive line coach, Iowa former defensive line coach, a Tuesday with Kaz. Get his thoughts on some college football topics and uh, specifically the depth and rotation you have to have with uh, the Big Ten schedule. Then Mike St. James will join us. Spoiler alert now. Spoiler alert at 540. As we are down to it, we uh, love talking Better Call Saul with Mike St. James. Uh, Mike, uh, one of the biggest Better Call Saul guys there is. We got turned on to it by a, a dear friend and radio colleague, Timo, who actually went to college with Bob Odenkirk. So there's a little six degrees of separation there and uh, reviewing last night's episode.
3: Now I wanted to get Mike's take two on the news that dropped about Bob Odenkirk this week from his Twitter page.
2: Do you not see this? No, what?
3: <laughs> uh, that's, uh, he's into defeat.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> like Rex Ryan?
3: Like, yeah, like he's into feet. No. <laughs> oh. As a joke? Um. Well, he went and cleaned his Twitter following of anything that was related to the appreciation
2: of feet. <laughs> You know, whatever. Like, you can be into shoes, you can be into kicks, and then there's uh, there's Rex Ryan.
3: And, and and Bob Odenkirk now. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, that just dropped the... that just, just kind of like uh, someone was going through when he was following on Twitter and said, whoa, what's thank, this?
2: Thank you for ruining my day uh, with uh, the foot take. Yeah, he, can, he can like what he wants. Like, Apparently.
3: Bob Odenkirk's been a, a great
2: dude in Hollywood his entire
3: career. If he, if he likes feet, you know?
2: Yeah, whatever. Teach each his own. So, yeah, there there is that. So that's, that's shocking news uh, developing here. So that's what we have in store. Thank you for that uh, roundabout, mm-hmm. that detour. Numbers to get in, 466 466 37 825 5865 Numbers to dial up. You can find us on Twitter, at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, follow the radio handle at H Varsity Radio, and uh, be sure to check out Hale Varsity. So we'll dive in and uh, get to Nebraska and and where they are in this college football landscape. And you know, as a native Nebraskan, you you grow up and you went, you watched, you listened. You, it was it was a part of you because you don't. Have your your own other Division one school in state for football you don't have a a pro squad within the state borders uh, when it comes to the NFL or xFL for a, a brief time you had uh, UFL football with the nighthawks and and then th- this this is it this is what the state's known for uh, hardworking great people it's known for producing uh, incredible steaks and in corn and then it's known for nebraska football right that's that's been associated with the state for for a long time and it took quite a while to build up and you had many decades of excellence and now you're trying to get back on that uh, that front porch of being a name in the world of college football and it's interesting in mitch sherman's story that was was published this morning you had a survey that was out and this was tweeted, I think last week of the top 25 brands that the, the latest high school seniors, they listed teams and, and logos and brands that that, are, that they identify with or know about. And, and Nebraska was not on that, that top 25 list. Back in 2018, just right after Scott Frost was hired, the same survey was taken by the high school seniors, uh, a couple of thousand, I believe, and Nebraska was still hanging tough in at 21. You weren't that far removed from the Sioux era, or I guess I'm going to chalk it up to that, and then I'm also going to chalk it up to Scott Frost, what he'd done at Central Florida, and and the transfer here to uh, to Nebraska as, as the new head coach, because Central Florida had just gone un- undefeated. Uh, Central Florida was uh, kind of an it program. They they whacked Auburn. And that was that was some great carryover, right? Not just the the, the Nebraska kids coming home to resurrect the program, but also in, in different footprints, i.e. the the sunbelt and SEC footprint, yet yeah, Scott Frost doing work. So that resonated with kids down there. And right now Nebraska chimes in at 38. They're a top 40 brand based on this survey of recent high school graduates. I think kids that follow and know football still know about Scott Frost. I think kids that know and follow football in the Midwest absolutely still know about Nebraska. And I think parents and uncles and aunts, the the the, the 90s is not lost on a lot of this population, the 70s, the 80s, the Osborne era, the Devaney era. I mean, Nebraska is still known. But when it comes to regenerating that demo, Nebraska's been wandering in the wilderness for far too long. And what they know about Nebraska right now is losing football. And you can flip the script. You look at uh, some of the, the movers and shakers, the the teams that have risen from a brand impact standpoint and fallen. And it's it can be year to year. Pitt had a really good year. They're up eight spots, but they're still... In the fifties, Northwesterns won two of the last five Big Ten West championships. They're still towards the the bottom, fifty-five through sixty-four number, and it's it's a reality here. Now, this is not hurt Nebraska when it comes to getting paid, Elijah, because Nebraska's in the Big Ten and on the doorstep of a massive TV deal with Fox, CBS, and NBC, and potentially walking away from ESPN. That's a bigger discussion point here. The risk, a good column by Sam McEwen on is it a risk a risky move or not to just completely uh, leave ESPN and to the Big Ten's uh, credit, if ESPN isn't going to pay you what other people are going to pay you, you walk. Totally understand that, the business side of it. But I don't know. I think Nebraska's brand is still known. I think it's a real and legit challenge when scott frost or other college coaches within the different programs go outside of the the footprint the 500 mile radius and and have to go talk to to kids out on the coast or in the sec footprint or on the uh, the atlantic part of the country or even in uh, the ohio valley region yeah you know of nebraska but what you think about nebraska's changed and it's more about man is there going to be a a cornfield next to my dorm, that type of perception, because a lot of it's flyover country. Once you get here, and Coach Frost always talks about, well, once we get kids here, it's a pretty good thing, because it is more than just agriculture, and agriculture is a backbone part of the state, but there's also the, the metro areas that are really pretty awesome, and it's, it's, it's just a fight, and when you're not winning on the football field, it's a harder discussion point to, to get kids uh, that's why you have maybe a renewed interest in in effort to to try and stay within that 500 mile radius unless it's a transfer situation because uh, you can win and you can win a lot of ball games with kids within the 500 mile radius. So I'm not shocked that the, the brand is dropped. I still think uh, Nebraska will draw eyeballs and from a from a classic brand standpoint, Nebraska will be on the stage. Uh, assuming things don't go from bad to worse, win-loss-wise. But that that red end will be in some primetime games on Fox, on CBS, on NBC. That's why Commissioner Delaney went and got him, because of, of that brand value. He was interviewed by The Athletic not long ago and asked if Nebraska's brand value has diminished, and he refused to comment. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. So it's down... But I don't think there's any question it can rise back up. Is USC, uh, based on their football season in, in recent years, are 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 they what they once were? Probably not. But guess what? They've got a new <laughs> got a new coach. They're going to have a new league. And SC, from a brand value standpoint, is still in uh, in that hierarchy. They're still top twenty. They're still top twenty. Uh, but they're. they're I mean, they they went from from a top five because they haven't been winning down to 19. UCLA is right at 20, and you have some newbies in there. I mean, Michigan State's had a pretty good run here the last five or six college football seasons. They're in there. Mississippi State is in at 23, and that's all pirate because he's so quirky and lovable, a national treasure.
3: Well, and and compare that to what Washington State has done over the past four years, where they've dropped 24 spots down to 64. Because they lost the head coach. Because they lost the pirate. And and that kind of shows me just how fickle – Mm-hmm. These these ratings aren't how fickle high school kids are with what they're ranking kids. I mean, uh, Louisville dropped 20 spots in the past four years, and that's really only because of Lamar Jackson. Right. Uh, Louis- the only reason high school kids knew Louisville four years ago, and that's me, this whenever I was graduating. Mm-hmm. We were always talking to the high school locker room, like, who's Louisville playing today? Who can we watch Lamar Jackson go up against? And that's what you know, and that's just how fickle these high school kids are, where Stanford's dropped 28 spots, and that's the combination of losing and uh, no longer having Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you look at another team that's dropped a or, lot. Or in, Andrew Locke. In Purdue. Yeah. Purdue's dropped 18 spots, which is similar to Nebraska. And that's because four years ago, what were they doing? They upset Ohio State at home. That team with Rondell Moore and David Bell, and they they beat a top five team in the country at home. And everyone was talking about Purdue that season. So these, are, these rankings are very fickle in terms of teams that are up and teams that are down. It, it is a good sense, though, of what high schoolers currently think about your program, but that doesn't mean it's going to look anything even remotely similar next season.
2: I mean, you've got your your brands that have had incredible staying power, and and the remarkable part is Nebraska was good enough on the field for as long as they were to be in that top 5, top 10, top 15 brand value. Ole Miss, who voluntarily goes to Mississippi? Me, for one. Well, you do, but you go why? Because it's a party and it's and you're
3: I have friends down there. Yeah. You're
2: kicking it at the Grove. Yeah. Right. But it, but as far as touring the state, no. You you're, you're going to go. You're going to have a cocktail or seven and look at pretty women, and go to a sporting event. Mm-hmm. I mean that which is great. But I'm saying don't don't kid yourself about the lane effect. Right. And you have the pirate down there. So you've got two incredible personalities that have fun offenses that have been putting guys into the league. I mean, that's that's it. And, and I know I just threw out the who's going to Mississippi voluntarily. <laughs> I mean, you do because you have friends down there. Why'd they go? Law school?
3: I have one friend who's actually going off to law school down there this year. That's because he's gone and visited the Grove, and it's like, wow, yeah. that's a great time. But, um, but that's the recruiting tool. Yeah. That's a good
2: time. Yeah,
3: yeah, that is the recruiting tool, pretty much.
2: <laughs> but why did they why did they pick to go there? Because you had friends that were undergrads down there,
3: undergrads down there, and it was did a
2: they combination play sports or anything.
3: A combination of uh, a good engineering program. Okay, so but there's more because of good frat life and SEC football. The atmosphere.
2: Yeah, the atmosphere. There you go, and that comes down to Nebraska and the atmosphere here. It's pretty incredible, but you uh, you got to. Give them something to cheer about as Nebraska tries to do that. So we'll, we'll get into this with Mitch Sherman as well. My immediate take on if Nebraska and the Big Ten say no more to ESPN, can you survive it? Does it hurt? It's, it's just going to be weird. It's going to be different, right? And does that mean zero profiles or is your game going to be mentioned? If, if, if you're a top five matchup, ESPN can't ignore you. They, they don't have to do a feature on you anymore, but they can't ignore you. And from the college football playoffs, say, say ESPN and Disney go all in and continue to have the rights for the college football playoff. Are they going to exclude you? Will they have the power to exclude uh, your, your conference champ or your Ohio State or a second or a third team? Say this thing expands to 12 or eight. I don't believe they're going to keep out a second Big Ten team. I don't think they, I don't think the sport would allow it. I know we've had moments of of argument with who got into the four. Right, one year Ohio State jumps some undefeated teams, and a hell broke loose. And then oh yeah, Ohio State won the whole thing with Zeke. So the the deserving team got in that had the tougher schedule. I I would hope that personal politics of well we are we're an ACC and an SEC network. Uh, so we're going to make sure those those favorites get get in. But when push comes to shove, uh, you're going to have Big Ten representation, and they'll be on that stage if ESPN's got control of the college football playoff TV broadcast. Well, and you, they, you can't you can't not include teams that are really good in the conference.
3: And, and people are saying, "Oh, well, you're going to lose all this attention from ESPN." That's where th- it's changing. Eyes are moving away from ESPN, and. The, the three that are in line to get this contract, Fox, CBS, NBC, those are your three networks that broadcast NFL games on Sundays. The eyes are on the NFL on Sundays, and guess what? There's advertising right there that you can have in your NFL games to prop up next weekend Saturday games. It, it only means good things for the big time.
2: We'll see. We'll get Mitch's take on it, and uh, for sure the brand discussion point interesting day for for youth baseball in the Little League World Series. Hale Varsity continues presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: There's nothing better than enjoying some sun with a drink and hot dog in hand, taking in America's pastime. Whether you're here for the baseball or the entertainment that comes with it, Werner Park is the place to be. The Omaha Storm Chasers have a handful of home games remaining, so get your tickets before it's too late. Give yourself something to look forward to as the summer winds down. Don't miss this opportunity to make lifelong memories with family and friends. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio on hail varsity radio presented by the nebraska lottery yes that's
2: awesome back in it's hail varsity presented by the nebraska lottery we say hi to mitch sherman with the athletic at mitch sherman on twitter mitch how's your tuesday
4: my tuesday's good how about you chris
2: we are all right man we're uh we're hanging in uh, excited for more football and Really enjoyed your story on the athletic when it comes to brands and Nebraska and the Big Ten. I wanna I wanna get your reaction and thought on the possibility here, Mitch, with the T V deal that, that looms out there for the Big Ten with Fox, CBS and NBC potentially, which means no ESPN. What's your take on on the need to be on ESPN if you're a, a conference or a college football program? Is it still is it something you can you can overcome, or I guess it's more of a chicken or, or an egg thing? It's the platform, yes, but it's also the, the the team and the matchup that that helps draw the eyeballs.
4: Well, the Big Ten's still going to be on ESPN as far as getting publicity. Um, you're not going to erase the Big Ten from Sports Center and College Football Live and the College Football Playoff programming. So there's that. Um, and you could could potentially have non-conference games, um, you know, against SEC or ACC opponents that are Big 12 opponents that appear on that network. But yeah, um, this is the direction that the big 10 is headed now with the new media rights deal. That's likely to be announced early next week in excess of $1 billion annually for the league from its new set of partners that, of course, they're going to be led by Fox. That's already signed and sealed. But then NBC and CBS and potentially some streaming um, deals that involve Amazon or Apple. So that's what we're reporting. That's what others have been reporting over the last couple of days. That ESPN is out, and you know that's an ESPN decision. It's a Big Ten decision in in some way um, because. The two parties could not meet, and you know, for as long as most of us have been around college football and and have watched the Big Ten, you know, long before Nebraska joined the league in 2011, they were they were uh, you know attached at the hip. They were synonymous, um, and you know that's not going to be the case any longer. Um, the Big Ten, of course, can survive this because each one of the schools is going to have. Seventy-five or eighty million dollars in its in its bottom line every year as a result of this deal that does not include ESPN. So while ESPN is such a huge part of the fabric of college football, uh, this is the new age, and what we're heading toward, uh, what we're heading into, um, is an era with a more diverse lineup of of networks and providers that cover the games.
3: Mitch Sherman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Mitch, my take on this, and I just said it last segment, and I'll bring it back up again, is while you might be losing a few eyeballs from ESPN, the three networks that are looking to pick up the Big Ten are the three that broadcast the NFL games on Sundays. And they have a, a much bigger audience than, say, SportsCenter does anyway. So uh, while you're losing one big media player, I feel like you're opening up a new avenue here of, Every single NFL Sunday, you're going to have these programs while everyone's watching their NFL games. Well, what are they going right. to sponsor next week? Well, it's college football, the Big Ten on Fox or CBS or NBC. I don't think it's that big a deal. Nebraska and the Big Ten is losing that that partnership with ESPN.
4: Well, I don't think the Big Ten would be entering into this kind of a arrangement if it felt that it was a negative for the schools as far as the publicity that they're going to receive from the networks. Obviously, there's give and take, and there's a lot of – Attraction to ESPN and ABC, but yeah, like you said, Elijah, there's there's more out there, and you know this isn't about necessarily 2023 or 2024. It's about the future, um, deep into the next decade and, and beyond for the league. So they want to go um, into new places, and um, you know you can Chris, you referenced to my story
0: mm-hmm.
4: earlier today about the the, the Nebraska brand the pieces on the athletic. Uh, published this morning timely with the with this news about the Big Ten brand being worth in excess of one billion dollars a year. You know, the question is asked, what is Nebraska's contribution to that, and how is the Nebraska brand trending within the larger scope of the big Ten? And and, you know, I, I think it's it's um, not a shock that after five consecutive losing seasons, Nebraska's brand is, um, you know, while diminished somewhat, uh, still strong, still healthy, and um, you know doing well according to the data that these TV networks um, are able to provide with their with their viewership. So um, it's a this is a this is just a fascinating time for college football, for the Big Ten, for Nebraska, um, with where all of this is headed, and you know how the the musical chairs are 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 going to end up. Um, with, uh, you know, the, the, these brands and the number of people who are exposed to them.
2: Mitch, what do you read into with, with NBC as part of this uh, theoretical triple header, 11 a.m. Central Fox, mm-hmm. 2.30 CBS, 6 p.m. NBC? Does, does Notre Dame still stay with, with NBC if they can get the $75 million and start dancing with Big Ten? Or... Does ESPN yeah. throw a boatload of cash to keep him with the ACC and and have him continue that schedule? Because Notre Dame's still the wild card.
4: Yeah, it's intriguing with NBC because Notre Dame has been NBC's partner for so long, and and I, I think to answer your question, if Notre Dame can work a deal where it gets seventy-five million in its own revenue, you know, outside of of a league or in the current arrangement that it has with the ACC, then it, it's going to be. More difficult to lure the 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 football Irish uh, into mm-hmm. the Big Ten, but NBC is a carrot and NBC is um, you know certainly an attraction that helps uh, the, the chip that helps that, that's that's there for the big Ten to be able to play as it as it pursues Notre Dame because there's no doubt that's what you know even even um, the conference leaders in Indianapolis last last month when they were evasive. In the face of all of the questions about conference expansion and what's next for the Big Ten, the one question that really, uh, you know, did not need
0: <laughs>
4: need to be explained is that Notre Dame is out there and Notre Dame is a desired property. Mm-hmm. So, bringing NBC into the fold, uh, you know, would seem to be an advantage Big Ten uh, when it comes to that that uh, courtship.
2: Mitch Sherman's with us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, a thought here. Let's go to Nebraska football. Brandon Moore has joined the program, a safety. Uh, you tweeted that out yesterday. What's your reaction? Is it uh, shock that a guy's being brought in this late in the game, or is it, uh, is it a necessity based on what, what they have at safety? What's your read?
4: Well, he's an experienced defensive back, um, has played for Travis Fisher, was in the UCF program in 2016 as a redshirt in 2017 during the Knights 13-0 and run, started half of the season, um, stayed with UCF. In, in the next season, the first one under Josh Heupel, that was another undefeated regular season, ended in, in Phoenix. In the Fiesta Bowl, a game that, that I was at, and, and watched Brandon Moore take a Joe Burrow interception back 93 yards, for a pick six um to think that that guy um is now coming to lincoln to play for fisher in 2022 is is intriguing but you know he's been through a lot he's been through a transfer to florida state um a serious knee injury um and some shuffling of of his position position in the secondary if he's in fact being looked at by nebraska as a safety because he was more of a corner early in his career so yeah, I don't think it's it's shocking. I don't. I mean, it's shocking from the standpoint that he's still playing college football. Um, but uh, I, I don't. I, I mean, he's coming to Nebraska as a walk on. Um, he's coming into a into a secondary that is pretty set as far as the depth and the um, the talent in that room. I wouldn't expect Brandon Moore, even as an old guy, um, to be able to walk in here and play right away um, a significant role, but. You know he's going to add an, an element of, of veteran um, leadership to, to that room. You know, kind of like what Trey Neal gave Nebraska back in um, in 2018 in Frost and Fisher's first year um, with his presence in the secondary. Uh, so yeah, he can do he can do some of that, and you know perhaps get on the field. But I, I think more it's about uh, the, what what he can add with his maturity uh, because he's he's clearly a mature guy if he's if he's still kicking this far um, into his into his college career and, and competing for uh, for a spot at a place like Nebraska with a coach like Travis Fisher who who you know was first around him in
3: 2016 well, well Mitch if I have the wrong read here let me know but the way I was seeing it yesterday was this is a guy who's gone through some trials and tribulations in his football career and he wants one more go around before he hangs it up and mm-hmm. what's better than the guys who recruited you to UCF and the guys that really gave you your first chance you're familiar with them you just want one more chance to go out and play the game you love but before your career ends and well Nebraska you can go walk on there they'll give you the chance and they'll be loyal to you because you were loyal to them that's the way I saw it
4: yeah, I think so, and you know, again, there is that comparison to Trey Neal, who did the same thing and, and went with uh, went with those coaches when when they left. Of course, that was at the beginning of this Nebraska run for for those coaches, and, and this is now at the end. But you know, he's going to Brandon Moore is going to be familiar with Eric Schneider, he's going to be familiar with with Barrett Rude. Um, so there is there is a lot there that I am sure he's attracted to in Lincoln,
2: Mitch. Uh, real quick, what's uh, on your radar? What's coming up from you and the Athletic?
4: Well, um, we got an open period of practice to view tomorrow, so I'll be interested in that, um, like I was, and a lot of people were, last Monday. So that's next in camp. We're just making it through camp uh, one one uh, day at a time, I guess, to, to, uh, re- to uh, repeat what we hear from the players and coaches. But that's really what it is at this point of camp. After tomorrow, they're – they're resting um, for a day, and then back at it on the weekend. And, and we'll hear from Scott Frost on Saturday. And then next week, you know, it's it's the start of school. It's um, it's the week before game week, uh, leading right up to Sunday, when, when which will be like a Monday.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, and then Monday, two two weeks from yesterday, the Huskers will be off to to Dublin. So it's coming fast. And um, you know, we're just going to continue to uh, to follow all the developments in camp and and uh, talk to the players and coaches, as they're made available.
2: Mitch Sherman with The Athletic. Great Tusker coverage, and find him on Twitter at Mitch Sherman. Mitch, thanks for the time, bud. We'll get caught up again.
4: Okay, thanks, guys.
2: So, yep, there he is, Mitch Sherman, with us here on Hale Varsity. And uh, good stuff from Mitch. And Elijah, good take as uh, one more rodeo for, for more. And uh, that's uh, that's probably a guy that, that wants to – go out on his own terms opposed to injury.
3: And what if we heard from the Susker coaching staff through recruiting and trying to build a team? They want guys who love football. And a guy who's coming back for a seventh season because he wants one more run, that strikes me as a guy who loves football.
2: We'll dive into uh, Little League World Series. The Bean talked about all over social media. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: This segment is presented by Union Bank and Trust. Chime in 402 espn or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com.
2: Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Rick Kaczynski is coming up here in 20 minutes or so. Now, many of you are youth coaches or you have coached some of your umpires i'm staring at one and uh, the rest of your parents if you have kids that have played and you have three categories good bad or don't care and i go to the little league world series we talked about it on the line change a little bit with handley longtime coach uh, austin played ball elijah did you play ball just
3: I quit baseball at age, like, 12.
2: Yeah, that you were... You get I you. started
3: umpiring at 14, but okay. we'll I, I quit baseball at like 12 because uh, I went a whole baseball season... Baseball quit you. Uh, you? know, it was like a whole season of youth baseball mm-hmm. uh, with, like, one walk and zero base hits. And I didn't like that, and I was considered myself a pitcher, and my coach didn't see me as a pitcher either. So I played uh, a whole lot of left bench, bench and uh, as like twelve u baseball right field, so uh, the two places where they could hide me. And I realized I didn't like baseball that you, much. Uh, you
2: you charted the pitches, and you um, you picked guys up.
3: I was a great teammate.
2: You were a wonderful <laughs> teammate. I I sucked. I uh, never made a legion team. That will shock nobody listening. But my, uh, my heart was there. My brother, really good. He played uh, baseball for, uh, for Southeast and then also at Doan. He was a really good ball player. Junior, we're, we're working on him becoming uh, consistent. So I get to Little League, and uh, you have really two lines in the sand. Oh, this was so great. This is important. And this being the Oklahoma player who got drilled in the noggin, dropping getting up taking his base and then the pitcher and I what team was that pitcher on was it the, the opposing pitcher louisiana was it louisiana louisiana Maybe. so the, the kid was a mess on the hill and the, uh, oh, the sorry uh, it was texas texas okay so there was texas oklahoma sportsmanship stop and just listen to that statement for a second <laughs> texas and oklahoma sportsmanship you had the uh, the oklahoma kid come over during the game <laughs> and and hug the distraught Texas pitcher. It's being uh, championed on social media. There's millions of views on different Twitter handles that have posted it. And then there is lots of commentary. El Presidente uh, chiming in from Barstool. This isn't good sportsmanship. It's dumb. You got this kid on the ropes and he's rattled. Trip to Williamsport on the line. You can play patty cake after. As far as the pitcher goes, that's your plate. So that's one take. I uh, did an informal household poll. I texted Junior, said, Would you go hug the guy after you got beaned? Quote, end quote, hell no. So I know <laughs> where, where Junior's at, and I'm kind of proud. I think you can absolutely say your sorries and you good man afterwards if the kid's really distraught because you, you feel terrible. You feel terrible that you presumably you feel terrible about drilling a kid in the head versus putting another runner on first. But even the kid's teammate who saw him from second get smoked in the head, he was clapping. He wasn't thinking about, is this kid going to be eaten from from a straw for for 8 months or no he was like okay good we got I'm moving over to third now that was that was his instant reaction on camera i'm um i'm gray here i know i'm not supposed to be gray but i think in the grand scheme of things it's better to be a nice human to one another but there are those that you grew up with maybe you are this way wired that on the white lines man it's you are ultra and uber competitive and you want the win above all there are teammates you've had like that 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 drove you I know uh, MJ and Kobe wouldn't have gone over to give the dude a hug uh, right so it's nice to see that gesture and it's okay to do during the game someone jumped on Twitter and says if I'm the ump, I would have launched both of them for interrupting my game now, a little tongue in cheek there. But what do you think of this, Elijah? I mean, is it I don't know that I would have done it. I would have say I would have been the guy. I would have felt horrible, but I don't know that I would have it may have it may have affected my focus because you're you feel bad about what you did, but you gotta, gotta go kind of do your job in the name of, of winning. See, I, I don't and that and that sounds like super selfish and, and shallow, but uh, there, there's a winner, there's a loser. And, mm-hmm. and that's that, that's how some kids are coached and brought up. And I, I totally get
3: it. And I don't think that your desire for winning should supersede being a good person on the on the, on the the yeah, field. Don't,
2: don't be Ty Cobb and Spike somebody. But you also don't need to go over
3: to this pitcher and give him a hug and give him words of encouragement in his ear for 30 seconds. Give him a fist bump, say, I'm good, let's keep playing. Get back over to first base and let's continue the game. If the pitcher's in his own head because he hit you in the head and you're good, that's your advantage. And you have done your part by saying, hey, man, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it and get back over to first. You don't need to have some motivational speech on the mound. That's what his coach is for. If his coach is worried because he looks so distraught, call a mound visit. It's time time to go talk. Get out there, go talk to him. And if he still seems distraught, you go bring in the reliever. That's a part of the game. And – If the pitcher feels bad because he hit the kid, well, guess what? There's a built-in advantage for a guy who gets hit. He gets first base without doing anything. He just had to stand in a box. He gets first base for free. He advances all the runners. He did his job, and it's because you messed up. That's the advantage that the the, the hitter, the base runner, whatever, gets. Why do you feel all that bad whenever the kid has made it to first, and he looks fine? He's planning on continuing to, uh, to play, so he's clearly not hurt that bad from you hitting him in the head with the pitch. So... If you can't handle that, maybe you need to go sit on the bench. Maybe your coach needs to bring in a reliever. But you don't need to be that, that guy out on first base now saying, oh, man, you're doing great. You're pitching awesome. We're scared of you in the box. Like You're just going to fuel the the fire of that kid. And it's – I don't know. It's He's being a good guy. Okay. That's cool with me. But you didn't have to be a, a good guy in that way. And I, I didn't like that aspect of this didn't have to turn into a motivational speech.
2: Here's Here's the problem. The the first baseman, the, the, the kid on first was the first to go talk to the pitcher. Yes.
3: Yeah. That's what I'm saying.
2: Right? It's <laughs> the opposing team who just got ear hold was the first out there. Not the shortstop, not the captain of the infield, not the catcher, not the uh, opposing coach to go do the mound visit. It was, it was the other guy. They were ready to play on, but the first baseman, the kid on first who got drilled, excuse me, was the first one to go over and say. And it's normal for 12- and 13-year-olds if you kind of scare yourself because you scared somebody else with, a, with an erratic pitch. And, and you've seen horror stories, heard horror stories about guys in the majors who got drilled. A couple of people croaked from them over the years. Uh, that's no good. But you had a lot going on. And and you have folks that are just trolling. That's the other part of this, where it, you can take it or leave it, depending on what side of the fence you're on with uh, how hard you you play. You, you know, you, you go on Herm Edwards here, you play to win the game uh, without wanting to intentionally cause injury. But everyone's just in line here to to back in. El Presidente. So fascinating to see this cesspool grow (laughs) on social media. We'll wind down hour one. Hail Varsity continues on. Rick Kaczynski on the way. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hail Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off
0: the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do,
2: 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe. Promo code GBR. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this first hour can get the show. We invite you to do so. You want to just hear it on the treadmill? Take it a walk. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Hale Varsity Radio. And you want to watch it. It's on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Be sure to check that out. Uh, welcome to do it. A reminder to get buckled up. You drink, you drive, you lose. Uh, the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety doesn't want you drinking and driving and uh, reminds you to buckle up and uh, be sober and don't get pulled over and uh, get a ride if you are uh, going to enjoy and vibe on a night. Uh, a message brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety office. Get to some of your emails and reaction on Little League. And uh, the the hugs seen around Twitter, uh, sportsmanship or show, and I believe the intent was sportsmanship, not to get 5 million views. I, I hope that wasn't the intent. But uh, the pitcher that was erratic and being the kid needs to uh, have his teammates and coach be the first out there. Mm-hmm. That's my humble take.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And... Uh Yeah, it's just this, uh,
3: it's almost the the participation trophy uh, argument that you've been hearing a a lot over the recent years where, you you know what, it is okay to want to win. It's okay for you to be happier after a game if you win it. It's not about the love of the game at all times because, let's be honest, anyone who has competed in sports knows it is more fun to win. No matter what your coach says, uh, especially if you're in the midst of a losing season, they say, well, you're out here for the love of the game. Keep on working. Keep on getting better. It, it's not fun to be getting better. It's fun to have gotten better and to now be winning. And I, I think we need to 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 make it sure that the kids know, hey, it's okay to have a desire to win. Not just in sports, but in, in anything you do. It's not okay to, to be a bad person in your pursuit Don't of winning. Don't be a scumbag. Don't be a scumbag in your pursuit of winning. But it is okay to have a desire to win.
2: Well put. Well put. Brand value. Good stuff from Mitch Sherman this hour on where he's at, where the Nebraska brand is at when it comes to to polling and uh, where they come in. And, and it's still a strong brand. It's diminished a bit, if you ask high schoolers, but this new platform that, that looks like it's going to be Fox, CBS, NBC. It'll be interesting, and I think it should, if you have strong teams. Beyond Ohio State, and I think you're going to have a deep conference. You'll be able to pull some numbers. I mean, CBS has got to be all over it. I mean, CBS and the at the onset's like, oh, no more Bama, Old Miss, Bama, A and M at two thirty anymore. But they'll be able to regroup and recalibrate, assuming this thing goes through. And the the price tag was was quite different. Uh, I think we're talking. Uh, fifty, fifty million dollars uh, was was the difference. You had three hundred and thirty dollars, three hundred and thirty million uh, for a seven per year for seven years was what ESPN was offering, and then you have Fox and in CBS going, well, we'll go three eighty mm. with you for the Big Ten as that billion dollar price tag is right there uh, for the Big Ten, and it kind of comes down to future expansion as well. Uh, Do you add more beyond what you've just acquired? And if it means more TV money, then yes is the answer. If it dilutes, then maybe you you sit tight. Hour 2, Rick Kaczynski, on the way with Hale Varsity Radio, and we are presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer-facing. It's casual dress. And the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing. And they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at jobsfsc.com. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, Hour 2. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's another Tuesday with Kaz. We welcome in former Nebraska and Iowa defensive coach Rick Kaczynski. Kaz, gearing up here, man. We're down to uh, just a couple of weeks, till Ireland. Football's just around the corner. How you doing?
5: Doing well, man. Doing well, yep. So it's right around the corner. Be here before we know it. But, yeah, ain't doing well. And so... uh... On the football down here, so yep, one one sport to the next.
2: Yeah, you go from that summer ball to to the gridiron. So how did how did you consume football as a kid? What do you remember? Kind of tractor beaming you in. You played it, yes. But when it came to college football Saturdays, Notre Dame, Penn State, your region of the country, the 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 Big Ten footprint, that's that's what you grew up in. But uh, what what kind of you know wound your crank so to speak with with uh, y- the pregame stuff? I mean, uh, were you a, a big game day guy? Uh, were you a uh, ABC? Uh, and I get into that because of the Big Ten media rights may sooner rather than later be moving completely away from ESPN.
5: Yeah, well, I think you know, and obviously it was a different it was a different era, but you know, kids from my generation, I, I had a brother that was you know, seven years older than me and a cousin that was nine years older than me. And, you know, you'd go to the, the, they'd have the high school JV games. Uh, You'd have the high school varsity games Friday night. I mean, you know, you're talking Eastern Ohio, Western PA. I mean, you got guys literally betting paychecks on on high school games. I mean, it was, I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, you go in these mill towns, you know, Farrell, Pennsylvania, Sharon, Pennsylvania, I mean, it was, it was, it was rowdy. Um, you yeah, know, I look, I grew up looking out you know, my, my football, my football weekend. Yeah. I'd go to my brother's practice. I'm in, mean, you know, first, second grade. He's in high school. My cousins, uh, you know, playing there too at, at cathedral. I mean, the, I mean, those dudes were, they, they might, they, they were my, they were my heroes, my NFL players, you know, the guys mm-hmm. that man, I, I, I remember going to high school practices and, a high school coach who I eventually paid for, you know, Minta George. Um, you know, he had coached for, for you know, I think over thirty years in, at one high school or two high schools, and in, in, um, in Erie, and uh, you know, to play for the same guy that I remember going on the field at, being in first grade, and the dude, you know, guy giving me a football, and you know, just being in fear of him and in, in awe of him, and uh, you know, having that respect for him. As a young kid, and then uh, having that same respect playing for him, and then to have the opportunity to be coached by the same guy that coached my brother, who was older than me, my cousins, and all that—it was pretty cool. So, you know, it kind of started Friday. Uh, you, you go to the, go to the stadium, stadium, be packed, and then uh, you know, Saturday morning you had the JV high school JV games, and and then uh, you know, college football. But you know, all the JV games. All the parochial grade school games on Saturday, they were they were all done early. They started playing those in the morning, so everybody came home. I mean, you you'd have uh, local radio shows. You'd have uh, you know George Paterno on on the radio. Uh, you know Notre Dame football. I don't know if it was Westwood One then, but you, you just you flip back and forth. You had uh, you had all the pundits on the radio, so it was it was radio on the car ride home, and then you just sat in front of the TV and watched ball. And, you know, back then that was what was cool. It was the best teams. It was the national games of the week. You know, that's why a kid from Western PA, you know, you saw Oklahoma and Texas and Nebraska, Oklahoma, and, and those rivalries. And, uh, and uh, you know, those were the guys that you looked up to. But, yeah, you know, to be honest with you, I, I don't remember a whole lot mm-hmm. other than getting in front of the TV about a minute before the game started. And then watching football, I mean, imagine that, you know, having a Saturday where you just actually came in from outside until the game came on. Instead of watching like eight sad stories on college game day with sad music playing in the background and, you know, people who are uh, on there advocating for the renaming of Mount Rushmore telling you how to think and you know it's like you don't even think about football these days until the game starts there's so much other BS going on so wish it was I know it sounded like a damn um, old fogey but I miss the old days but uh you know that that was that was my that was that was my experience you know it was kind of it was kind of all week but you know games Friday Saturday and and then some of the uh, some of the bigger parochial grade school games were, were played on uh, played on Sunday afternoons.
2: Rick Kaczynski's is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Do you think it's a risky move, Kaz, to break up with ESPN, or do you think uh, their their platform is? I mean, it's still. Mega, uh, and and I, yeah, they, but they've but got
5: Smitty, You know it, and Wise. You guys know. I mean, ESPN's losing They 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 lost ten million viewers. I mean, I think they lost. You know, it's still a lot. I think they're in the, somewhere in the seventy million viewers. But they, they lost, and now you know the the streaming and all those type mm-hmm. of things um, take away from that. But you know, they're, they're, they've lost a lot of viewership. They've lost a lot of subscribers. Uh, even with all the the methods of, of obtaining and watching college football, but, uh, but I think just, you know, when you get to Saturday, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're a country that that's highly stressed with, we're, we're a country that's dealing with, uh, all this political stuff thrown in our face every day of the week. And, you know, trying to pick up by the time Saturday comes, you know, I don't, I don't, I think people are kind of getting tired of this stuff. They just want football. And um, you know, when you look at CBS with CBS losing the SEC, I just think it's just it, it's it's perfect timing, and I think it's a it's a great marriage for for uh, the Big Ten to get that exposure, especially on those time slots. You know, I, I know down here. Uh, I mean, you know, you're talking people playing fall baseball, football. I mean, people plan their Saturdays around uh, around those slots. Mm -hmm. Uh, around those time slots for for SEC football and I think uh you know the Big Ten is just as passionate as the SEC so I I think it's I think it's a great thing I think change is good and I what I like about what I like about those stations with the Big Ten is it's it's all about sports you know I mean you know if you're going to have a story talk about the student athletes right you know Talk about the kid that came from nowhere. Talk about the guys, you know, all these student athletes that like do good. And you know, this is just my opinion. I mean you just see so much about people doing bad and, and players doing bad and coaches doing bad and you know, you know, there's 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 millions of kids playing playing athletics across the country, man, there's a hell of a lot more good than bad. And I just think that people just wanna get back to sports. Let's get away from the drama. Let's get some football coaches. I love those panels that Fox have. I love CBS's panels. I mean, you got football guys on there. You know, I think what Rinaldi was, like you mentioned, he was a great storyteller. He's gone. I can't even tell you. I I can't name three people on ESPN right now, honestly. Couldn't name them. Um, you know, so I think it's, I think it's, I think it will be a good marriage. I think it's, uh, I I think it's time for a a change. I think it'll be detrimental for ESPN and I think it'll benefit the big 10. And that's my opinion. That's me, you know, uh, being educated on it in about 30 seconds.
2: Kaz, I, I look at ESPN and what they're invested in. They're invested in the ACC. They're invested in the SEC. And, you know, when it comes to the playoff and playoff expansion, they can't keep Ohio State out of the playoff if they're unbeaten or a one-loss team. They can't and won't keep Notre Dame off. Those are the teams that people want to see. They don't. They won't keep Penn State out. My question is, I look at at coverage and it, it's been a while since Nebraska, Iowa has been on a platform. Maybe it was FS1, maybe it was Fox, but it's it's been a while uh mm-hmm. and i don't know i don't remember what network you guys were on in 14 for that overtime comeback i do know that it's it, it's not bad btn does a great job you know great network but that's mm-hmm. that's your that's your black friday game on btn it's not what colorado nebraska used to be black friday bang you knew it was 2:30 kickoff on abc with musburger right so that yeah. that's mm-hmm. not you know nebraska still has brand and still has eyeballs, and that's part of the greater package of getting SC, getting UCLA, still having that inventory of Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. And, and I'll ask you this, does this deal with NBC and the Big Ten, does that signal to you that Notre Dame would come with and play a Big Ten schedule like they've done with the, AC, the, like the ACC? Do you think that's a sign?
5: I, you know, I wouldn't, man. I I wouldn't look into signs or anything like that. I, I don't. I don't know if anybody knows. And I think when you go back and you look at, it, I think people learn who's making the decisions. Um, you know, you you look how quiet and how few people knew mm-hmm. about USC and um, UCLA. Uh, I think that's. I, I don't think people are talking like they used to. Um so I I don't know I don't know if there's if there's any signs or anything like that um you know and and I think it, the thing about the the thing about Notre Dame um you know like I said the the, the footprint um it just makes sense you know academically Socially, um, you know, pageantry-wise, uh, you know, for me as a Notre Dame alum, I, I would I would love to, uh, you know, I, when I was at Iowa and Nebraska, I always hoped that you know we'd end up playing uh, Notre Dame in a bowl, and um, or you know having an opportunity to play them, uh, you know, out of schedule in, in a in an early game or something, but. I just don't think anybody knows, but once again, like we said before, they're the they're the prettiest girl that that doesn't have a prom date yet. They're going to have. They hold the cards. and They can do whatever they want. Um, you know, money money isn't an, money isn't the driving force beside, behind the, behind any decision that they'll make. And I just think right now they're they're courting the the, the best the best suitor. But um, as far as you know, whether there's a lean or there's a sign, I just can't say. But you know, Schmitty, Elijah. Quite frank. I, I mean, I just I hadn't followed it a whole lot to be no, <laughs> to, to
3: fine, be honest. To, to be honest with you, Kaz. Last thought here on on the TV deal. Probably before we move on to other things. But I just want to get your take on the fact that uh, the A spot, the spot that's making all the money, is Fox for for that big noon kickoff spot and. I don't know. The, the longer I've become accustomed to this big new kickoff spot, the more I've I've grown to like it. I can wake up, make myself breakfast, and then oh, look at that! My favorite football team is playing at 11 a.m. It's not in the way of anything. I can still have a Saturday night. But uh, I look at that, and what's that like from the perspective of a, of a player and a coach trying to get your team up and ready to go for an 11 a.m. kickoff? What does that look like?
5: Oh, you'd you'd rather do that? Absolutely. I mean, when before the big 10 network a majority of the big 10 games you know when i when i was at i they were 11 o'clock i mean you absolutely love those you i mean you're up six in the morning you're eating pregame meal you go to the stadium you go play you know the worst thing for a player or a coach is just sitting around all day and having anxiety you know you're just looking at the clock you know are you eating enough are you drinking enough did you eat too much did you drink too much and you're watching games, especially as a coach. You start creating ghosts. Oh man, what if? So you know, what if they do this? What if Michigan State runs the shovel pass on third down? Then you're texting <laughs> your guys and saying, "Hey, watch the shovel pass." I mean, it's the amount of ghosts that that he would create. There is absolutely nothing. Night games are for the fans. They are for the fans, right? Now the kids like playing in you know, them because of the atmosphere at all, but they don't like them until you actually run out of the tunnel, man. But if if everybody had their druthers, we'd wake up at eight o'clock, have breakfast, and uh, you know we'll meet you on the field at nine fifteen. I mean, and go play because you want to you want to go. You're just anxious. I mean, it's you want to you want to take the test, right? I mean, you have studied. It's uh, get the paper in front of me. Let me get the pencil on the pad, and and, and let's let's figure out where we're at. Let's let's go. Um, you know, there's oh, I, I can tell you, man. We. Especially with Poe. I mean, we finally changed, I think, in like 2013. But when I got to uh, when I got to Nebraska, I mean, I remember talking to Dobson. I was like, dude, what is the deal? We were getting to the stadiums like three hours before game time. I'm like, I'm going to bring, you know, I'm going to get with Jay Terry, man. Get me some clothes. I'm going to go for, you know, jog around the Ah, oh, friggin' Rose Bowl, man. You know, I'm like, this is torture. You're just sitting there looking at a clock with absolutely nothing, nothing to do. There's only so many times you can read the program from front to back. But so we change that, and and then you know, you kind of just get to the stadium, and then bang, 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 go, go play. You get into your routine, but uh, yeah, night games. to Be honest with you, night games suck. Night games on the road suck because you know you're sitting in a hotel all day and you really you know there's really nowhere to go coaches don't have their offices you don't have your meeting rooms um and then you know you're just sitting there and then you're going in enemy territory people are tailgating they're juiced up and you know it's uh, you create some tough environments and same with nebraska i mean nebraska hard to, hard to beat nebraska Hard to beat Nebraska at night with a packed house. I mean, that's some of the some of the best environments, and I mean, I've, I've seen them all pack every every conference. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's a better environment at night, including LSU. I've been down there at night. I don't know if there's a better environment at night than um, Little Ohio State in in Nebraska. Um, But, uh, you know, gosh, Elijah, night games, they are terrible. I hate them. I absolutely hate them. As a coach, okay, you win, it's great. you got to let traffic clear out. You're getting home at, you know, your wife and kids leave early because they're like five and they fell asleep in the second quarter. And then, you know, you're sitting in traffic listening to radio shows and you get home about two, you eat. You know you shouldn't. So now you got a brick in your belly. Then you get up at seven. You're back in the office watching the next opponent. So night games ain't ain't a whole lot. They ain't all they're cracked up to be for coaches and players. That's for sure.
1: And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: Rick Kaczynski is with us here at Varsity Radio. Kaz, uh, reaction, if you want to, on Oklahoma assistant Kale Gundy resigning after reading aloud, in his words, a shameful word off a player's iPad, uh, a statement, and then a follow-up statement by Coach Vanables. And he had a guy that spent uh, most of his career on the sidelines there at Oklahoma.
5: What are we trying to do to me, huh? We trying to create some. You know, come on, man! You're no, I'm, me. I'm asking
2: I'm as a kidding, guy yeah, who's I'm been not, in the meeting room.
5: You know? I, I won't, I won't, I won't touch the the actual. Yeah, you, 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 you can't win. I mean, yeah. you know, either either side of it. I mean, obviously, it's it's wrong. It's you, you just can't. You know, it's it was a it was a extremely dumb mistake. Um, but I go back, and I'm, I'm not talking about this situation because, listen, man, I'm a, there's not a coach out there that's been bashed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go talk to somebody with people that never met me and go, you know, I'm sure they have some nice things to say about me. I, I could care less. And, you know, same thing with Bo. When people say it's about what the players think. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I just had about two weeks ago an hour and 20-minute conversation with Mike Daniels on the phone. You know, that's what's important like not, you know, that, that's what's important. You know, getting a text from Malik, uh, at Christmas, getting a text from Joe Keel, talking to Joe Keel. Yeah, I mean, that's that you, you go down, you, you go down the line. I mean, I just talked to Jake Cotton for about an hour and 15 minutes. Basically old The dude, he's going to law school. I mean, he's unbelievable, man. I mean, he's just, the guy's got life figured out. I mean, it's just amazing what he's, what he's accomplished. And, uh, I mean, we couldn't we couldn't get off the phone, man. And you know that that's that's what it that's what it's about. You know, so when you look at, you know, and I'm not and I'm not, not like I said, I'm not going to touch that 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 situation because um, you know it's just it's just wrong. You can't mm-hmm. win either side of it. You know, people are saying there's more to it. Blah blah blah. I go back. What are the players? Because that's what it, you get into coaching. Because the players, right? Mm-hmm. You know, wh- what's it what's it about? And, um, you know, so, you know, when, when the guy's getting – and I'm a guy that's been bashed publicly on, on, on all ends, but I, I, I don't that's not important. That, that's important to you when you're young because you don't know what's important. As you get older, you figure out what's important. And, you know, those guys figure out that everything you do did was in their best interest, right? Mm-hmm. So that's all that matters. Once you can figure out, like, what's important, who's important, uh, but, man – that's a tough situation, man. You know what you what you feel for is 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 you know everybody involved, but especially the it's it's the family. You know he's a big boy; he'll be able to handle it. But you know everybody's got family, everybody's got kids, got a wife, all that. You know they're the ones too that uh, you know they're innocent bystanders that uh, be taking some uh, unwarranted shrapnel, and that's that's the tough part about it,
2: man. Kaz, last thought. Practice continues to move forward. Nebraska had a scrimmage on uh, Saturday, and sounds like the D and the, 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 the Russian specifically had a pretty good day. What's the minimum? What's the minimum you can get by with depth wise? How many bodies do you have to have in the Big Ten on the defensive line?
5: Uh, ah, yeah, man, we did it with six at Iowa but five of them played in the NFL. So if you got five NFL guys, that's all you need. <laughs> so, I, duly duly noted. You know, ideally, <laughs> ideally, you need, you need, you need, uh, you know, I mean, to, to make it to game 12, you need eight to be, to be good. I mean, to be really good. I mean, you need, you need 10 guys. And you need 10 guys. You can, you can get in the rotation without a, without a big drop off. And, um you got to be smart on how you do it you know you you pick your spot and you know you figure out you know the rhythm of the game and you got you keep track of the snaps and and you're able to do that stuff now and you know it's amazing you know you get a guy 10 snaps how much that'll help Mm -hmm. you know your first string guy or you know so um so yeah but you know you got to have at least you got to have at least eight because you're never going to have eight guys playing, right? You might have eight to 10, but, but, you know, five of those guys won't be healthy. You know, three of them will be nicked up. You know, two of them won't be practicing that week and you're trying to get them to the game. So, you know, you might go into week one, feeling good about 10 guys by about week five, you know, you might have six guys that like are kind of healthy. And you're trying to get to that dang bye week, so you can get your legs back underneath you. But ideal world, you have ten. But man, let me tell you, Ohio State might have ten. Michigan might have eight. You know, mm-hmm. Iowa might have six. Nebraska, might, and it, it, you just kind of, and that's where you got to find a guy. You got to find a story, right? You got to find somebody that you weren't counting on to step up. And and that's what's that's what's great about coaching. That's what's great about the Big Ten. There's a, there's a story everywhere. You know, every every year there's a dude that just people weren't expecting, and uh, and that's the great thing about it. So I think you'll see that. But you, you got to have you got to have at least eight bodies that you can line up and at least make people at least <laughs> at least make people run around you. You know. <laughs> so.
3: Guys, I know we said last stop. I got one more quick one for you. Tell me how the the, the platooning system works with that D line. What what do you think works best? Do you want to have guys out there that are comfortable next to each other and and guys that have practiced a lot next to each other and and know how the guy next to them is going to play throughout a game? Or you just get the best three or four out there and and hope they play well together? How how does that work for you?
5: Yeah, you get to. It's your job as a coach. Everybody's got it. You know, obviously when you got. You know, when you have uh, special guys like Randy and Malik and Vincent and all that, um, you, you know, you, you can strategically place them. Um, but strategically place them in, on specific downs, you know, pressures, things like that. Um, but, you know, it, it, you just want to have the luxury of having having good players. What we did, we always played at Iowa and Nebraska. We always played left and right. You know, I always looked at those positions completely different. Playing left tackle on offense, there's a reason why those dudes make a lot more money than a right tackle. Right? They're two different positions. You just can't take a center and and say, Oh, it's just, you know, move him to guard and he'll be he'll be a guard. No, they're they're different positions and it's no different. So we always viewed, you know, the right side of the defensive line and the left side of the defensive line. You know, completely different. I wanted certain guys getting the majority of their snaps with a certain hand down and a certain leg back. Now they had to play with both hands down and both hands back at some point. But we kept track of those. We kept track of those reps. Um, you know, during the week. But obviously, Elijah, I, I think that the more guys play together, yeah, obviously they they gel. But but also, you know, what you saw when when you have experienced guys and young guys coming along that puts pressure on those young guys to catch up to that train the train ain't slowing down for you to jump on right you need to speed up to uh to get in line and and i think that's what'll be good what you'll see with nebraska is now you got some older you got some experienced guys um and you know if those young guys want to play, if those new guys want to play, man, they they got, it's their, it's their responsibility to, uh, to get up to snuff. So, um, but when you can play next to a guy with a lot of experience, and I don't even think it's necessarily playing next to a guy. I think it's the game snaps. I think it's the game experience. I think it's the knowing that it's, I think it, it, what's more important is the actual experiences, seeing the, seeing the formations, you know, understanding how they turn the protection, understanding if the backs stand in in this formation or the backs flaring or how many are they getting four receivers out, are they getting, you know, those types of things. Are they getting three receivers out and how they're blocking you and everybody knowing those things so that now you know how to attack it. So – um, I know that's long-winded, but I, to me, what what I always thought as a coach is is having having experienced guys, not necessarily specific guys, playing next to one another, um, or having young guys who proved that they're able they earn the right to play next to those older guys. Because it was my obligation to those older guys if we were putting a young cat in there. He better know what the hell he was doing. So you know, um, so I think you'll see that with Nebraska, with the experience that they have. I mean, you know, I, I anticipate them having a having a great year, but um, especially up front. But no, I never never got caught up with hey, these two guys playing together, or these two guys playing next, or these guys playing this or that, or this guy playing a one, or this guy playing a three. You know, you had to know all the positions and know all the techniques that come with the position.
2: Rick Kaczynski, Kaz, a lot of fun to catch up. We'll talk next week, bud. Thanks for a few minutes.
5: I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much.
2: Good to spend time with Kaz. A Tuesday with Kaz. Love his insight, the rotation, and the uh, well, the chemistry is so important. Really good story on chemistry and that that Bama factor, right? Yeah, you have Stefan Wynn that not only is – Six three six four with great length, but he's a guy that was good enough to get recruited by Alabama. We, we talk about and question chemistry, can it work? Can it work from a coaching staff standpoint? Can it work from 15 new faces? And can it all hit in one year, in a, in a mega year for Nebraska football? And good story by Jimmy Watkins, want to uh, give him a, a shout-out. And he had a quick catch up with, with Wynn. Wynn met the media yesterday. And Wynn's perspective on things is kind of a beacon of, of knowledge, a wealth of knowledge. And oh, yeah, by the way, dude, what was it like to play for Sabin? You know, I mean, not everyone gets to do that. And it was real simple. And it's, you're, you're always on edge. It's a lot like Bill Belichick, and that's no coincidence. You always need to be competing. You're always trying to get better. You can't settle. And, and Kaz used to always say this. You can have a bad play, but you can't have two bad plays in a row. You can have a bad play, but don't have a bad day. And if you had a bad day, uh, you have wins saying, look, dude, you, you, you lost your job. That's how loaded they were. That's how loaded Bama's been. You know this with other NFL draft picks, but really the secret's been consistency, and that's what's been eluding Nebraska. There's been flashes. There's been moments, but you haven't put it together for four quarters, and they aim to change that, and a guy like Win can help with that. Hail Varsity, we continue on Better Call Saul recap coming up next. <laughs> $10 off a full year of hail Varsity. That's hailvarsitycom backslash subscribe promo code GBR
1: And now And now back to
2: hail Varsity Radio Back in hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery Mike St. James avid better call Saul connoisseur with us as we are down to one episode. Waterworks aired last night Warning to all, spoiler alert to all, just listen anyway and go rewatch it. Mike St. James with us. Mike, how we doing?
0: Oh, great. You know, we are watching a top tier show go out like John Elway and Michael Jordan. This is this is an awesome season.
2: With the Wizards? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the, the first time. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> no, I get you. I know Elway, Jordan. There we have it. I, I love it. This was good, and I, I want to start with Kim's story and the goon she's dating down in Florida instead of Saul. <laughs> yep, like yep, 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 <laughs> yep. <laughs> how do you like kim with dark hair how do you like kim with dark hair
0: oh god you know i don't know she i don't she needs the ponytail she needs a ponytail and i like what she's doing now you, you feel for her and she's actually redeeming herself this is the redemption of kim wexler she she lost her ponytail but she got her soul back I think she was better off at the ponytail though.
2: Yeah, Kim's down in Florida. She's alive. Jimmy reaches out and and she's like, I'm I'm glad you're alive. And then he goes, Robert De Niro, Goodfellas on said phone booth. But yeah. we're we're getting down to the end and I kinda called my shot, so I'm gonna shamelessly pat myself on the back about Carol Burnett. Ratting out Saul Goodman, but I didn't know it was going to be Life Alert, and I didn't know that 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 Saul was going to go beyond elder harm. You know what I mean? He was elder yeah. abuse. He was. I mean, he had, he was going to. I don't know. He was a strangler, and then he, yeah, not, he had that phone cord in his hand. Yeah, now yeah, he, he was
0: ready to do it.
2: Now, now he, now he's set to flee, but he, man, he he is he's trying to just sabotage himself between attempted or thinking about using an urn to whack the cancer patient yeah and then and then go after uh, carol burnett's character the elderly woman that found the uh, albuquerque con man
0: yeah but you notice that Saul has stopped himself from going full Walter White on this. He, he didn't. He, he gave her back her life alert and let her make that call, and he didn't end up whacking the guy with his dead dog's ashes. Of course, that that's because that guy fell asleep, so he didn't have to, but he hasn't, hasn't quite gone that far, and maybe he's pulling himself back, so that that leaves some options open for the last episode.
2: Okay, the series finale we you and I are gonna meet at the Hale Varsity Club Monday for it. All right? Yes. We are yes. going to uh trank dart our old boy Timo and get him up there with us. <laughs> and and uh and we will we will enjoy and we will watch. I'm does this end like Jesse or does this end like Walter White? Do you think Sal gets Sal gets whacked or do you think he he uh, calls the, the squeegee man again, the uh, squeegee vac, and and disappears a second time because he's, he's in trouble. He's, he's big time in trouble.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think, I think they will keep them both alive. I think, I think Saul's going to stay alive. I think Kim continues to live out through the end of the episode, through the end of the season, because I think, you know, five years from now, ten years from now, they might want to return to these these characters,
2: yeah, okay, a reboot.
0: Yeah, you never know.
2: Well, I, I, I hope. Uh, better call Saul. Recap. Mike St. James with us. Alvar City Radio. Waterworks. What do you think of Kim's performance uh, on the um, the transfer oh. bus in the airport when she just lost yeah. it?
0: God, that was amazing. That that reminded me of me after I flew back from the 2003 Alamo Bowl when Nebraska beat Michigan State.
2: I thought it reminded I me did, of you too. after the 2015 game where Brandon Riley uh, <laughs> got forced horribly out of bounds, completely <laughs> yeah. nudged, completely just accosted, and made a hell of a catch. I'll bring Brandon Riley's office is two doors down. I'm gonna have him sit in with us next Monday.
0: Oh God, no, no. <laughs> I
2: still have nightmares. Br, you want to stop by about five forty? <laughs> this is Mike. He likes Michigan State.
0: <laughs> oh God, no!
2: <laughs> St. James is going to lose it in the bar room. <laughs> that'd be. Uh, we could do that. I mean, that'd be that'd be that'd be quite funny. But please, I, I, please I, have mercy. <laughs> I will. So, I'd like to see. It was really fascinating, too, with, with Jesse Pinkman having a smoke with Kim. and then Yeah, how
0: cool is that? That you was know, really cool. There are, there are critics who put stuff like that down. They say, oh, it's fan service. That's kind of cheap. But, man, those two characters, they are kind of mirror images of each other in their respective shows. Mm-hmm. And, God, it was so cool to see them having a smoke together.
2: Yeah, I... I, you know, in Kim's confession where she wrote an affidavit admitting all that went down and then sitting down with Howard's wife, full confession. Yeah. She's like, look, dude, I don't know where, where Howard's body is, so they, they may not prosecute me, but she's totally repenting.
0: Did you notice the one thing she hedged on a little bit? She mentioned Saul, and she said, assuming he's still alive.
2: Yeah, she still. Let her know. Yeah, she still isn't going to rat him out.
0: Yeah. Well, so God, next next episode is going to be awesome. Uh, what are you hoping
2: for? Well, I'm. I'm. A, give me wow is what I want. And when I saw, yeah, when I saw the way Breaking Bad ended, that was wow. Uh, yeah. I, I was a little less wow with my other favorite show, Peaky Blinders. The, mo- the movie better deliver, okay? And even like El, okay. Cam- even El Camino, I thought was pretty good. I mean, I know folks are yeah. like, so I thought that was, uh, that, was, that was necessary. What happens to Jesse? And, yeah, and that was fun. That yeah, was a good show. Yeah, I thought that was a good flick. So give me, you see the, the tease of Saul in a wrecked car, so does he get down to the border trying to escape? I I don't know.
0: I don't know. That's God that is so cool. the, the, the we are just we have no idea what's going to happen next week. And we just we want them to stick the landing. Can they do that? And that, and these people have shown that they know how to stick the landing. Yeah, so yeah, have, I'm expecting a great show.
2: They're they're two for two on it, but what might what might work too is you know, if Kim gets away, a lot Jesse to your comparison, does Saul go down like Walter? Because Saul's been yeah. a, a scumbag for a while. We now how know why it got shaped.
0: Yeah, yeah. God, I don't know. Do they have the guts to kill him off at the end? His his yeah. brothers
2: his brothers comment uh, Jimmy having a law license is like a chimp having a machine gun. So. <laughs> Mike St. James, better call Saul, aficionado. Mike, be good. We'll we'll see you next Monday.
0: One more to go. See you, Schmitty.
2: All right, buddy. There he is, Mike St. James, avid Spartan fan. We should get Brandon Riley on set for that. That'd be all right. We'll wind down a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity, and we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: Miss us.
3: Come here, brother. Give
1: me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
2: One final time, get the podcast, subscribe to it. uh, Audio wise, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, video. Uh, subscribe and follow. It is going to be free. As uh, Beludo said, it don't cost nothing. Uh, the Hale City YouTube channel, the uh, video portion of the show there. Big thanks to Rick Kaczynski. Big thanks to Mitch Sherman and Mike St. James recapping. Better call Saul. Federal judge saying no soup for you to the three live golfers trying to compete in the FedEx Cup playoffs. So that's uh, Taylor Gooch, Matt Jones, and Hudson Swafford. Hudson, I like the name Hudson, but Hudson screams Country Club. Anywho, uh, they cannot be part of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Tomorrow on the show, uh, lead college football uh, play-by-play man. He's done it for for years. He got to kick it with Bino Cook back in the day. Tim Brando gonna be with us. Get his thoughts on. The Big Ten rights uh, with, with Fox, uh, for sure, but beyond. And uh, also an outlook on Nebraska from from Brando's point of view. And then Husker insider Mike Babcock from Hale-Varsity. Babbers going to join us uh, on the show Thursday. Coach Barnett and uh, Jeremiah Searles set to join us. Join us. Also going to have a Lars Anderson sighting this week. So What a week. Yeah, working on it excited for that and uh, we are geared up it, tomorrow will be good we'll have more Whipple tomorrow and we'll have more Whipple, we'll have more players, we'll have more offense and we'll see where things are going I I hope there's a chance to hear from, from Coach Riola. Mm. you know where's where's the O-line at and uh, pretty soon it's going to get down to, to, to game week install and away we go with uh, gearing up for Northwestern because that's just around the corner.
3: Mm. Well, uh, what's on the docket for you after the show here? Because I know that uh, here in about ten minutes, I'm going to be giving Lincoln Police a call because my car got tagged over the weekend, and then I just saw a police report out that uh, two more cars were tagged in much the same manner, same color of spray paint, similar-ish design. How would you rate the artwork? Uh, oh, it was uh, it was childish at best, like okay. and not in like any phallic designs or anything like that i'm just i'm just talking like childish in terms of amateurish it was just like a squiggle down the side of my car like
2: this is not mr hankey uh elijah's (laughs) talking about but but something else so it wasn't yeah it wasn't a a a gross pick like that no just
3: like annoying it's like who would spray paint a squiggle on someone's driver's door why would you do that and it sounds to be much the same at uh, out at Holmes Lake today or yesterday, where people Work just on had your random damn designs.
2: handwriting. If you're going to tag somebody's driver's side door, yeah. So uh, I am.
3: Uh, we'll we'll see. Maybe I'll be like a, a witness in court someday for the this this l- vandal on the loose.
2: Junior uh, was home those nights. Just letting you know.
3: Well, I mean that'd be a, a long trek up for him for a kid who's not even 16, can't even drive to get all the way up to my place in North Lincoln.
2: He's got sick buddies though. Oh, but they're, they're not into that. that. See, I live on a busy street, too. Like Usually, I'm pretty safe. Well, you got to so. have some doorbell cam footage, I nah, would think. I don't have a door cam. I shouldn't well, say you, that. You, you, you. Next <laughs> week, Elijah <laughs> talks about the other door that gets tagged. <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity. Big thanks to you for tuning in and uh, checking out the podcast. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A
3: Huda Media Production.